Hi, and welcome to my podcast, Pure Happy Healthy. And today I have a wonderful interview guest. Her name is Manana Levashov Tumanishvili. Correct me um, in a second when I said it wrong. She's a wonderful person. I'm so glad I have that opportunity today to speak with her. We will talk about relationships, not only in the sense of partner and love relationships, but general relationships with family, friends and all people around us and how they have impacts on our lives. She has an incredible bio. I'll try to keep it short for now. Um, she studied politics and was an activist in Georgia. That is also her home country where she's from, now living in Berlin. Now she studies international business management and cognitive science. She also works as a motivational speaker and a coach where she does group therapy sessions and soon she will be a licensed psychologist. You will also probably hopefully tell us where to contact you. So if you're interested in having a coaching session with her or get in touch with her, um, you can also find that in the show notes later. She has also participated in several public speaking competitions and uh, sharing her knowledge, knowledge with politicians and students And today, fortunately, with me and you soon. So I'm really interested what she's gonna say. Do you have anything to add to that introduction? Something that the people should know about you besides that incredible bio I already <laughs> told about you? Oh, thank you so much. The introduction and the words you spoke about me melted my heart. Thank you. Well, I would add that I'm also very interested in acting and filmmaking and also singing and writing some songs. And also it's my hobby, probably, let's say it that way. And also I'm writing and I guess you have read my poem, one of it. <laughs> And so basically that's the, my full portrait, let's say that way. <laughs> cool, thank you. I would also say you're, um, despite your studies of politics and international business, um, which are quite rational, um, I would also say you're really treating the topics of spirituality or self-development a bit deeper. So how did your personal journey of this topic start? Well, I think every person's personal journey starts from their childhood because whenever you reach the place in your life when you realize what are your values, what are your thoughts, your ideas, your goals, your desires, um, you kind of ask yourself a question, where did they come from? And you realize that all of them came from your childhood, basically. And that's when you start realizing who you truly are. What are your desires, actually yours, and not uh, from like, external factors. And it's a very interesting process. And I would actually say that uh, this journey started at the age of 12, to be very, very precise because I got very interested in philosophy at that age and I started reading a lot of philosophy and then psychology and this knowledge helped me to discover myself and to absorb what I really was and what I really wanted in life. 
Wow, that is quite a long journey already. <laughs> you said that in the childhood we actually realize who we really are, um, but I feel like a lot of people lose this knowledge again later in life. Um, why is that, you would say, and how can we actually actively go back to who we really are and find our true selves? Mm -hmm. uh, I agree, uh, because every thought we have inside our head is actually external factor internalized by us. So basically, anyone, for instance, in our surroundings has an influence over us. Some of them have very strong influence, some of them not so much, but I think the strongest influencers are parents, your closest friends, and of course your romantic partners or spouses, or etc., etc. So basically, with people, Uh, with whom you are emotionally attached have the greatest power over you. And their ideas, their words can have a huge impact on your life in general. Not only in the field that, for instance, they are criticizing your ability in singing, for instance. That would not only have an impact on your singing, but on your life in general, because then you will, have, you will identify yourself as someone who, has, uh, who doesn't have enough talent to sing or just enough talent to do anything at all in life. So basically, uh, I want to talk today about how relationships in general uh, create us and how relationships actually affect us the way that sometimes we lose ourselves, sometimes we lose our beliefs and lose our desires. Sometimes we choose different paths, different career paths in life because our parents expected us to do so and we don't do the thing that we actually wanted to because all of us know deep inside what we really want. Our bodies tell that. Also, like when you meet a new person and you feel comfortable or you don't feel comfortable, that's also the feeling, right? You just feel comfortable. That's your body telling you that you're comfortable with that person. So that's your person. And if you're not feeling comfortable, that's also your body telling you. But most of the time we kind of make ourselves believe, you know, it's just, you know, I, I'm having that feeling, I'm probably anxious. It's not that they are not good for me or good for me. It's just my body, something anxious. And so, yeah, we always try to blind ourselves. We try to repress what our knowledge, our inner knowledge, our emotional intelligence, I would say. We are all c capable of knowing who we really are, but most of the time we avoid that. Wow, there was already so much knowledge and so much good information in there. I don't even know what about to ask the next question. You said that um, our first relationship is the one to, your, to our parents, obviously. We grew up um, depending very much on our parents, otherwise we wouldn't be able to live. We take what's granted, what our parents tell us for a really, really long time in our life. But not everyone has the fortune to have caring and loving parents mm -hmm. and even if they're caring and loving 
um, things go wrong. Like mm -hmm. Parents can't do everything right. So how can we later on um, maybe repair what has been missing in that time? And um, yeah, how can we for ourselves find that love back or find out who we are despite of maybe, let's say, a bad childhood? Mm -hmm. uh, find our love back. That was a quite good remark from you. I think uh, the main problem in that case is that whenever we see that the main role model in our life, the first role model, model in our life, our parent doesn't love us, because we're always imitating them. We want to be like them as we are children. They are the most powerful, powerful beings in our lives. And when they see that they don't love us enough, we question ourselves. Probably I'm not good enough to be loved in general. Probably I have to try even harder to become better, to make them like me. And sometimes um, when you become very ambitious or when you become very, very focused on achieving success, sometimes it is linked to making yourself better in terms of become lovable by some people. And that cycle comes from your childhood when you had to actually try to be the best of you, otherwise you wouldn't be loved by your parents. Because some children, for instance, have this love, whether they fail or not fail, they have it, no matter what. And then they love themselves as they are with their imperfections, with their failures. But some of us just, we cannot um, accept our imperfections. And so that we're striving to develop ourselves as much as we can. And some of them, some of us who actually had this kind of problems, I think uh, are struggling in vulnerability because being vulnerable means to be uh, imperfect. You have some imperfections that you need to show. And if you actually don't show them, you are becoming a different personality when others see you. you you're playing a role. And a very interesting thing happens now. And most of these children, let's say the grown-up children, I always call them grown-up children because all of us are grown-up children. Uh, we always feel like, you know, I can't find love. Why? Why would I cannot find love? Why cannot I succeed in love? Why can't I find the partner who will love me back? And we're so desperate. And the reason behind that is very simple. You, just imagine, you're playing a role because you cannot be vulnerable. So you don't show your imperfections and your imperfections create your character, right? You're not, your character is not just this perfection. That's already a different character. So basically you are in a role, playing a role, and others, the society or your friends or your circles, they see you as that role. So you basically magnetize people who like that particular role. And when afterwards you are having a more deeper level of intimacy, afterwards you find out like, you know, they are not for me. I don't, I don't connect. I can't connect with them. 
Why? Why problems in me or in them? Or No, the problem is that you actually played different role. The person liked you. Now you, have, you are showing your real side and the person doesn't feel connected anymore and you also don't feel connected anymore. You probably feel connected a bit because you saw that person who they really were and you really liked them, but probably they saw a different personality in you. And that's why they were attracted to you. And on the other hand, there are many some people who cannot see your real personality. So they actually uh, are avoiding you because they don't feel the connection with you because you're not showing your real personality. So you, you are actually losing the chances while you are not showing yourself fully. You are uh, magnetizing people who are not for you and you are avoiding people who are actually for you. And that is the reason when you cannot find true, meaningful love. <laughs> Would you say authenticity and um, vulnerability mm -hmm. um, is the key basically for healing your small child that didn't get enough Absolutely. love basically, and also to attract your ideal partner? Absolutely. First, you have to become very authentic to yourself. When you become authentic to yourself, when you see who you really are, what you really enjoy, what is the thing you really do love? What is the thing you love doing, right? For instance, do art or don't do medicine because your parents tell you so or probably don't want to get married. Probably you don't want to have children, right? You just need to have this self-observation. And I, for me, uh, books, uh, literature, philosophy, psychology, reading actually healed me, I would say this way. All days long I would read and get this knowledge and then I would find myself because I would agree with some ideas, I would disagree with the others. So I already had the idea, you know, yeah, I think this way. Oh yeah, I disagree. So basically my values were already clear and this is very important actually to identify who you really are uh, what are your values because whenever you are sure what you really want just you can do that you can change it and you can achieve anything but you, sh you should be sure that you want that and most of the time people who who are afraid of change and always are stuck in the same place and most of them are depressed Most of them are suffering. But why? Why, why is it caused? Because they haven't found their identity. They haven't found what their real values are. What, what do they want? Probably they want to live a hippie life, right? But they just don't know it because it's a, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time to finally discover yourself, right? And if you don't do it, and you need alone time. You don't need relationships if you are not aware of yourself. And I always like I had some client patients. I don't I don't like the, using this word, but when we had the group therapy, uh, my friends, let's say this way, most of them uh, experienced that they were not aware who they really were. So basically they couldn't find their identity and so that they couldn't be happy in a relationship. They couldn't make other person happy in a relationship because they were not sure what they really wanted.
So would you say that you can actually only be really healthy and uh, happy in relationships, um, partner relationships, but also maybe friendship relationships and so on, once you actually really found yourself? Um, because I feel like a lot of people are really, really struggling with that or haven't even really thought about that or are not in the progress yet and in the process of self-development, but still leading, let's say, happy relationships. Mm -hmm. But at one point, at what point can, can you be sure that you're ready now to um, really lead a good relationship? Basically, whenever you are not aware of yourself and you are not sure what you are, you are easily influenced by others, you are easily manipulated. And what happens next? You lose yourself completely. You can never find yourself because the influencers come in and whenever you are strong with your opinions, with your values, nothing can beat them, nothing. You, you are then like, it's easy for you to probably end the relationship because you identify it's toxic for you, it's against your values, it's against your standards, and you end it. But what happens in, um, in these situations when you haven't found yourself is that some people influence you. So other people have power over you. And so basically you hand, it, hand your life to them. You give all of your power to them because they are the main influencers, not you anymore. And when that happens, um, actually you become even more attached to them because you want what this person wants you to be. And you become that person that they want to be. And then, then you lose yourself. You cannot find yourself. And this is the form of self-betrayal. And whenever you betray yourself, then depression comes in, then suffering comes in, then the overthinking, self-destructive thoughts, you cannot develop, you are unproductive, you are crying, why am I so unlucky, and you blame on your luck or on other factors, but basically the reason is self-betrayal. You're not doing something that yourself would actually do. Probably you are doing something that others would do and you're probably like losing yourself and you're losing your life, you're losing your destiny. You just said something super, super important, which we can apply to all parts of life, not only relationships. I think that we need to start to put our lives in our own hands and not give up responsibility um, in any way, but make ourselves responsible in the situation we are right now in terms of relationship, but also in terms of our job or whatever, and start to see if we want to change something, how can we change something and not give the power away um, to someone else in, in terms of relationships in, in our case but um, generally and once you start to realize that you're the own creator of your life mm -hmm. that gives you a lot of responsibility but also the freedom to change something and that is really that was for me for example one of the key things to understand in self-development um, mm -hmm. that my life is only be shaped by me and that is such a beautiful thought I think that you're the creator of your life and also relationship and we can change it every day and every second um, start to um, do things to, to make things better. You were also talking a lot about um, 
vibing with someone and finding really someone who fits you and um, who accepts you uh, despite your insecurities, um, let's say. Do you believe in the concept of attracting a twin flame or attracting um, the one? I don't believe in this term, the one, <laughs> because I feel, yeah, there are different vibrations. Probably you never meet someone with whom you feel super comfortable with. But the thing is, if you don't show yourself, your real self, then you cannot find that twin flame. Let's call it this name, right? You cannot find it. Uh, for instance, I kind of had this problem uh, when I was very afraid to open up at the beginning. So I, I needed uh, quite a lot of time, quite a long time to open up. And then, you know, they could not, so people actually would see me differently. That was the problem. Now when I have worked in it, everything is perfect and I'm really super happy, very harmonious because I have experienced it on myself. How can you actually um, avoid and distance some people who actually can understand you if you play a different role? And if you are yourself with your imperfections, then you will definitely attract the person. Do you know about the concept of manifestation? If you think about it a lot and if you visualize it, if you say it to yourself every day and if you have a clear goal basically in this case of how your perfect ideal partner should be like and um, yeah, you really have an image in your head, um, there's the idea that this partner will come to you. What do you think about this concept of manifesting and also manifesting in terms of relationships? It's a quite complex topic because um, I believe in placebo effect. So basically, if you strongly believe in something, I think you definitely can work it out. Our minds, our brains, it's just magic. What is magic? Brain is magic. <laughs> That's magic. So. Uh, I personally know from many scientific uh, findings and also from my life that if you are super focused and you have imagined, especially dreamers who have broad imagination and they believe in their strengths and they go for it and they dream all the time about different situations that they want to be in in the future, you know what their brain does? Whenever we are living, every single day, we, we don't mark every detail around us, right? We don't. We are focused on our problems, on, on the very cute dog outside or whatever, but we miss the opportunities. So many opportunities are around us that we actually miss. So if you constantly think about something that you really want, it becomes very familiar for your brain. So basically, when this any, any kind of opportunity comes into your life, your brain identifies it as a chance. You know, that's the thing I've been thinking about for so long. That's familiar thought. And then you do it. You know how to do it because you have thought so much about that that your brain already knows that, you know, that's it. That's the opportunity. Yeah, I see it. So basically, you make this thought familiar for your brain and that produces cognitive ease in your mind which actually makes your life way easier because your decisions are becoming, uh, your, your decision-making skills are becoming so, like it follows the flow and you know that it's, it's right and you do it, you just go for it. 
I love how you're in between the very scientific side of that aspect and on the other hand on the very spiritual side yeah. um, I find that very cool that uh, yeah you have both aspects and you can actually explain all these phenomenons logically basically <laughs> so I'm wondering you talked about vibes earlier that you vibe with some people mm -hmm. and feel that the energy is right and some others are maybe not good for you and you feel it immediately mm -hmm. I also have that happen to me so many times that yeah. there, there, a person comes in a room and you just can't get the yeah the vibe with that person and you really get a weird feeling and you can't even explain why exactly. and on the opposite some people come and you just feel the energy and it flows and you feel like drawn to these people is there actually a scientific um, explanation of how this works or why we feel this way well actually the moment we see a person we identify so many details so basically first impressions have a huge influence on our unconscious thinking We know way more about a person when we see them than we actually realize because body language, we identify our unconscious minds, identify body language because all of us do it. We're masters, right? That's natural. We are doing this kind of um, our eyes down or up. We are also doing it. So we know body language and we're doing it unconsciously. So our unconscious mind knows that. So basically, whenever we identify a person, we identify their voice, their body language, every single detail unconsciously. We don't even know. Our unconscious mind has so many powers. <laughs> It's such a powerhouse that we have no idea of. Our unconscious mind identifies red flags, for instance, but our conscious mind doesn't want to see it, but we still don't feel comfortable with the person. We don't know why and we kind of blame this feeling because of our anxiety or because today is not a good day for me and probably I, I just, it's not a good day for me to socialize. No, actually your unconscious identified the person and probably the person has the same body language that the person who hurt you in your past and probably that triggers some emotions in you that makes you feel uncomfortable. There's so many explanations and very detailed and our unconscious mind uh, is responsible for our feelings. Yes, definitely the subconscious mind is incredible and I would also say that probably smell does a lot. I even heard that um, concerning to the smell of the hormone cocktail basically in the, in the body, um, we can fall in love because We subconsciously smell that person, not talking about perfume or creams or deodorant, mm -hmm. but just like the natural smell. And I find that super interesting that we fall in love with someone partly because of we subconsciously smell that person yes. and probably also have friendships with people who whose smell we like. And in German, we even have a saying, uh, wir können die Person nicht riechen. That means we can't smell this person. It means we don't like the person. Yes. So that's super interesting. It <laughs> puts it on the point. How would you say we choose our friends? Is um, that a similar concept of the partner search? That if we're authentical, that we will find exactly our friends that suit us? Is there any other aspects involved of how we find and choose people around us? Well, 
of course, it also depends on our luck. If we are lucky, <laughs> well, we can be vulnerable, we can be authentic, and we may end up heartbroken. So it's not only like it's not guaranteed that if you are authentic, you will uh, find the right person. But if you are not, you will definitely not be able to find the right one. <laughs> so I think that, yeah, you should be authentic. And afterwards, you either find it or not. It's like 50% chance whether you find it or not. It, that's life. But we have to give that chance to ourselves. If we're not authentic, if we're not ourselves, then we won't feel comfortable in the situations where we do not belong. We always would like feel that we're not we don't belong and it's very interesting fact actually that some of us mm, would actually unconsciously choose the people with whom they feel like they do not belong they're neglected they feel bad with them not good enough and why we are we're asking like why are they doing it why are they involved in the toxic relationships or etc and etc these decisions are made by also our subconscious mind uh, and these decisions are made because for instance you were bullied at school uh, and at home and whole your life you felt neglected and whole your life you felt you were not good enough but that's not true right you are good enough you have your unique mind because all of us have unique mind you just need to find your uniqueness and have the courage to go for it and you should use your full potential because all of us can do that if we are in right circumstances in right environments with right people surrounded by us this person for instance always felt neglected and not good enough and so these feelings become familiar and whatever becomes familiar that's what we love that's what we like for instance take a food Whatever was familiar for you in your childhood, that's what you love. There's so many cultural differences. In different countries, they love different food. And if you go to India and taste their specialties, too spicy for you, you don't like it, they like it because it's familiar for them and they love it. So we basically sometimes idolize love and it's like too much. We see it in two pinky colors. It's love. I feel this. And yeah, love is basically a feeling of familiarity. But sometimes this familiarity can be very toxic. That can be a toxic familiarity. That can be the, this toxic feeling that probably was part of your childhood, uh, of your early lives, and you got used to that toxic feeling and you cannot live without it. You know what happens when you are actually doing something that is familiar for our brain? It is called cognitive ease and whenever our mind has that cognitive ease uh, our brain produces endorphins the hormones of happiness and we become addicted to that so anytime we have this cognitive ease which is linked to familiarity we produce endorphins isn't it paradoxical when you in the toxic relationship actually can feel happiness we objectively know that this is toxic, this is not good for you, but you feel happiness. Why? Why do I feel it? I love and that's why. It's unconditional love. No, this is actually familiarity. That's super, super interesting. I was wondering so often how it can happen that 
especially women are in maybe abusive relationship, of course also men, but they're actually their dads or maybe in their family they get beaten up. So that's basically why they're actually actively searching for exactly a partner like this again. So if you're in an abusive or in a toxic relationship or you maybe haven't really found the one yet or you're really struggling also of, yeah, being authentic. How can I break the circle? How can I start? Well, I will start with uh, if you are in abusive relationship, in toxic relationship, uh, and if you are actually, if toxicity is familiar to you, so you're attached to toxicity. Some of them, some of us can, for instance, be in toxic relationship, identify toxicity and then quit. But some of them and some of us are quite attached to this toxicity. And what we need to do is actually become aware of that cycle that we have. Why is this toxicity familiar to us? Why would we feel not good enough most of the time in our childhood, right? Why would we feel always neglected in our childhood? And then we see that, you know, it, it became familiar because most of my time was that feeling. That feeling was the main part of my life. So I cannot live without that, it's mine. But I'll tell you, tell you something, if you actually start breaking the cycle from today and you, from, with your conscious mind, or logical mind, rational mind, clear mind, you know the reason why you are attached to that toxicity and you're destroying yourself, what you should do is to break the cycle now and to work on making healthy habits for you familiar make this healthy connections and healthy relationships familiar for you. At the beginning, you will struggle a lot. It's super hard for sure, because breaking a cycle means that your mind gives a lot of effort for that. It, it needs a lot of strength, a lot of energy, because it cog it's cognitive strain. And uh, it's almost, you're completely drained and you need a lot of time to put in a lot of energy. That's why most of us are very afraid to change. Because change is getting out of your comfort, familiar zone. And that's really hard process for your mind. That's a cognitive strain, the opposite of cognitive ease which actually does not produce endorphins and is not addictive. So you basically have to really work hard on yourself. So basically in our group session, there was a man who was in his mid thirties, uh, who was in toxic relationship for a long time already. So basically he couldn't just exit the relationship and he said that uh, he and his partner uh, have agreed on terms of uh, cutting relationship gradually and that's impossible that's basically impossible because the more time passes away uh, for for instance there happens something that you feel anger and you feel uh, furious and you want to end the relationship and when time passes away uh, it becomes not so important anymore and you kind of make yourself believe that it, it was not a big deal. You try to remember good memories you and bad memories fade, fade away. So it's basically a memory manipulation. 
Sometimes, well, there are two types of memory manipulation. One is that you make that for yourself. It's basically a cognitive dissonance when you want to be, you believe what you want to believe, not what it really is. And the second type of memory um, manipulation is that the other person tries to change the past, the whole scenario. And then they make you believe what actually happened was this story and not that. And you tend to believe it because you would also like to believe it. It's easier for you because that would not require you to change. So um, also there is a very good quote I remember about exiting and ending these toxic relationships. And why is it like almost impossible if you are choosing this gradual end? Um, uh, ending a relationship slowly is like chopping off a dog's tail one inch at a time. And that's so true. That's so true. You just need to cut it. And if you cut it one inch at a time, it's impossible to end that. It's so painful, right? It's even more painful. It's like torture. And then you don't end it because it's almost impossible. That's why most of us are stuck in... Uh, toxic relationships and we cannot get over it and especially if our past was full of toxic feelings and self-sabotaging feelings um, yeah and then we kind of get used to suffering but that's when that is quite uh, possible to uh, break the cycle because you should become aware and start thinking rationally and make right choices in your life and then you can do it it's hard for sure but you know also why uh, most of the victims of toxic relationships are not able to leave the relationship because abuser has total influence on them emotional physical financial whatever there are so many kinds of uh, influences and they actually believe or the partner tell them and make them believe that they cannot survive without them and they believe that so basically they believe that you know i will not be able to find someone like them i won't be able i will alone all whole my life long i won't be able to find job uh, and etc and etc so basically their self-esteem is done uh, as their identity is destroyed because in toxic relationship your identity is destroyed they don't know what they really want when they get out of this relationship they don't know what their values are what their desires are what their uh, thoughts are goals are they are in complete despair they don't know what to do they are like uh, infants left alone and that's what is the hardest part that's when you actually need to start this program of finding yourself who you are what you want and embracing yourself and afterwards you are fully aware of yourself fully aware of what you want and then fully ready to go and get what you want and you also said something really important where we come back to the topic from earlier again that you give up basically your responsibility and i think that is also maybe realizing that you're in an abusive relationship is the first part but then also realizing that you're responsible for your situation right now and you're the one that can change it and that can only happen through a lot of self-work 
And I mean, of course, that is always a hard process. Um, but I guess it's so necessary to find, um, in the end, we can call it self-love mm -hmm. and authenticity, of course, um, that brings you to your core and will improve your life in basically all aspects in terms of career choice, in terms of partner choice, in terms of general relationship with people around us. Um, so as you said before, it's right now <laughs> the, the time to, to cut the circle and we can always every second of our life we have to make that clear again choose again like in which direction we want to go yes. and this second could be the second where you decide for a new future Absolutely. and I find that very beautiful I have another question. To our parents, we obviously have a relationship, no matter if we're close to them, we're born by them, and there is a detachment, no matter what I would say. But um, and not all people had a lovely childhood and were loved by their parents or still get along well with their parents. But what can I do if I have a very, let's say, unhealthy or unsatisfied relationship with my parents or no relationship at all maybe I still have grief for them mm -hmm. what can I do for myself to heal this if I'm not speaking to my parents for example I strongly believe that you cannot heal until you have forgiven and you should forgive but that doesn't mean that you approve their bad behavior, their toxic behavior, you get back into that old cycles. It applies to friendships, relationships, uh, relationships with your parents and partners, whatever. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you should approve what they did. I, for instance, what I do for my healing and that always helps me is to forgive a person Or maybe I would say understand, become more understanding. Why would they do that? Because once you become understanding, you don't take things personally. Once you understand why this thing happened, you don't take things personally. And that's why you actually distance that situation from your feelings and sensitivity. And that's the most important part in healing. You cannot heal if you still feel anger, if you still feel the, that personal turmoil inside. You cannot heal. And if you don't forgive, if you're still angry, do not be angry. Probably that your parent also had some terrible childhood and they also need your help. And all of us need help. All of us are sensitive beings. Some of us just cover ourselves in a better manner and some of us cannot but all of us are sensitive beings just become understanding understand their struggles forgive them because after all they gave you birth you should be grateful you wouldn't be alive if they were not for you if they were not in this world if they didn't give birth to you you have to be grateful that you have even chance to suffer because you're living. That's the best gift they gave you. So you have to be grateful of that gift, but you should forgive and you should leave. If you want to dive deeper into that, there is actually a really nice Hawaiian tradition um, by the 
um, native people of Hawaii. Um, I can't pronounce the name. It's super long and complicated. It's called Honomonopotea. Sorry. <laughs> I will put the link um, also in the show notes. And it's a really helpful concept of forgiveness. You just say four phrases. I say it in German because I just know the German um, version of it right now. Es tut mir leid. Ich vergebe dir. Ich liebe dich. Danke. I'm sorry. I forgive you. I love you. Thank you would be the translation. I will look up the original English translation for that. And it really, it tells that you're feeling for that person. You give them gratitude and you understand these people. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you give their love no matter what. And how love is connecting all of us basically and you you telling that you understand that you still can give love even though they did pain for you and then you thank them because they made you grow as a person uh -huh. and they gave you the opportunity to learn from that situation that maybe difficult situation and like this you can really forgive uh -huh. and you should say that a lot of times you're in your inner mind until you feel really kind of release and imagine that you really look the person in the eye that did pain to you and repeat the ritual as long as needed and it really really relieves i can just tell it from myself mm -hmm. i've practiced that quite a lot and um, yeah it's a really good tool for self-progress and self-work absolutely i agree with you I agree, yes. I Forgiveness is a great feeling afterwards when you... Because you can love a person and still cut the contact. Because, yeah, because it, is, it becomes toxic in a way for you. Um, yeah, basically, forgiveness... You know what is the main thing why I think forgiveness is the best tool? Because it's understanding ourselves. Because everyone, each of us, are so, so similar. We, for instance, are having reactions, right? You are, for instance, crying when someone is criticizing you. I am feeling the same feeling when I am um, ashamed in public, for instance. But we, both of us, actually experience the same feeling. But I am experiencing that same feeling in different situation you experience that same feeling in different situation. That's why I, I always see that some, for some couples, right? You cannot just say, this person is toxic, this person is bad. Probably the unity of these two people is not good, is toxic, right? It can be. Probably unity from, with that toxic parent as, or toxic uh, partner as we name them if they go to the person with whom they actually vibrate, they feel okay. I also think that um, sometimes we um, think very negatively about the feeling of anger. It is our feeling, it's very human feeling. And that tells us a lot. We should not, we repress most of the time and especially people who repress that on the very highest levels, actually anger goes nowhere but they internalize in themselves and they become passive aggressive towards themselves and they become depressed because they are aggressive towards themselves without realizing that they repress this anger when they feel it towards someone else 
they repress that and then they internalize that anger in themselves and they destroy themselves and whenever we feel anger we should actually listen to it it's a body telling us something some informations right why why do we feel that anger just listen to it probably you your body is telling you that this is not what you want you should quit probably or if you all the time feel the anger towards someone or passive aggression or that means that probably you should leave and not struggle and then also if the anger is against yourself mm -hmm. then it's also so important i think to forgive yourself mm -hmm. so not only to forgive others who hurt you mm -hmm. but also yourself can actually hurt you so much by negative thoughts you feel about yourself and then it, like you just said it's so important to look there why is that and then really forgive yourself for that and also try to relieve this forgiveness uh, relieve this pain through forgiveness because really the only person that actually suffers from being mad or angry mm -hmm. is yourself Absolutely. and the only person from suffering because someone has some done something painful to you in the past is you not that person anymore so by actually forgiving the other person or forgiving yourself it's just a relief for yourself that you can move on with your life and you can feel at ease and you can feel good about yourself yes absolutely and also you you never know probably you also end up somewhere in your life just acting the way this person acted towards you and you probably act this way towards someone else And then you need forgiveness to yourself, right? So it's basically, that's why I think we're very similar. We just don't know what situations will pop up in our lives and what face would we show. Yes, of course, we have to work on ourselves, on our betterment, but we never know what happens. That's the key. But I think I would actually say that the best and the most powerful tool is very ancient tool actually to stick to your values that always helps the moment you identify yourself and the moment you become very loyal to your values and standards then you do not betray yourself and then you feel so good you love yourself that you are able to be loyal to yourself and you appreciate yourself so much and then we also come back to the topic of authenticity and being your true self and showing your true self um, that really the everyone is also the same and if we have that thought of everyone has actually the same issues and if we really realize that we have the same suffering just maybe in a different way and yeah we all have imperfections it makes it so much easier to also accept these imperfections on yourself and realize that not everyone is, is perfect also not the perfect people you see in the commercials maybe no they're not perfect they're people like you and me and we all are human that means we all have our issues and yeah so basically we come back to the the beginning of the of the talk here that really the authenticity is so important and stick to your values and Find out who you really are is so important, which actually, actually in the end will lead you to self-love, which improves your life in so many ways, like incredible. Yeah. 
So I have two last questions, which I'm asking all my interview guests. Um, what does a pure, happy, healthy life mean personally for you? Um, first, knowing who you are, because that's when this whole beautiful feelings come into your life. And then stick to your values and never betray yourself. I think that will actually give you the self-harmony, the feeling of harmony in yourself, and that will uh, actually make you use your full potential. And I also tell you something that each of us has the ability to actually create something meaningful. If humans, actually each of us, because we wouldn't be able, we wouldn't uh, be able to exist today if, we, if our main purpose would not be self-fulfillment. If our ancestors didn't develop themselves, we wouldn't be able to have music, we wouldn't be able to have medicine, we wouldn't be able to have science, right? We wouldn't be so cultivated. Just think about that, that our main reason is self-fulfillment. And as we were talking during our whole interview of our relationships, it's always like a very popular um, idea and thought about that, that you should work hard to maintain a good relationship, right? Yeah, I agree, but just ask a question to yourself. Is the concept of um, trying to fix the relationship more important? Which one is the priority? Fixing the relationship or the relationship itself? Ask this question and then you'll get answer whether it's worth or not. Because just imagine a phone, a mobile phone, it is fully charged and it drains in 14 minutes. You would just get rid of that phone, right? You would. And that's you in the toxic relationship when you're like fully focused on what am I gonna do and I should fix that and what this person is gonna think of me and how should I actually mend on their needs and how should I please them, you lose it. You lose all of your energy in 40 minutes and then you cannot make yourself fulfilled and you cannot develop yourself the way you can actually in the way the genius you can be you cannot do it if you are in constant uh, overthinking mode and yeah you're just depleted mm. super true thank you for these words and my last question is there any podcast or book or interview or something that really was a life changer for you and really helped you evolve oh there's so many books uh, and uh, movies I'm a huge classical movie fanatic but I will actually say one book which actually transformed me at the age of 13 when that's when I told you that I had quite quite hard time going on in my life when I actually started to read books about philosophy psychology and there is a book Sophie's World by Justine Garder 
And I say this book because that was the first book that actually changed my views about religion, my views about spirituality, about science, about whole world, about human, about myself. So I would name this book because that was my like first step into the world of this genius minds, these people who actually afterwards shaped my ideas and kind of developed me as a person and made me a better person. So I would say Justine Gardner because he was definitely the first one. And then afterwards, I would name as my favorite author Gabriel Garcia Marquez and probably Dostoevsky. And also one Georgian, he's not famous worldwide, but I, I want to say his name because he's complete genius. Otarchiwadze, it's his name and I'm a big fan of him, his work, so yeah. <laughs> cool, thank you for this advice. I will definitely put it in the show notes and also <laughs> write the Georgian name again yes. so we can find him. <laughs> yeah, thank you so, so, so much for this beautiful interview. It was a pleasure talking to you and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and there was so much valuable information in there and I really hope you can transform your lives or <laughs> take something valuable out of that interview because there was just so much information and value in it. Thank you again so much for being here and talking with me. Um, is there anything else the audience should know that uh, one last word you would like to share? Well, of course, thank you so much for inviting me. You are an amazing person. I'm so happy I met you. You're so beautiful. And uh, I, I know that we'll meet again in the future. And also, I just give this group therapy just for free. And if anyone needs it and feels that they need to meet the people um, with whom they might maybe feel identity, they may identify themselves with them and they just feel uh, that they sh can share information with them, they can join us during our um, group therapies. And we actually do this therapy in a very rational manner. I always like take this rational course of psychotherapy because I definitely believe if you know what you want, you will and can achieve this. I don't know if you will, but you can achieve this. And if you have enough courage from your surroundings, then you can do this. So basically in this group therapy, we empower each other and we become more powerful to get it done and to make this world even more beautiful place. <laughs> Wow, that was the perfect last sentence. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to join the group meeting, I suppose it's in Berlin. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. yeah, if you live in Berlin and you want to join, uh, yeah, we'll both be more happy to if you get uh, in contact with her. Well, uh, stay tuned for more interviews on my podcast and also check out um, her pages and yeah, the links are in the show notes. And I hope to see you and basically hear you soon again <laughs> and have a great day.